0: I was thinking, yeah, i will got it before we start. You know, intro. Yeah, yeah. We need a song.
1: Oh, you know what? I was actually speaking to George last week and he mentioned, like, having a little bit of a jingle at the...
0: Yeah, at the start, yeah. 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 But, um... Yeah, we'll yeah, have get... Yeah, we do need we'll, to look. We'll sort we'll some out, out uh. we'll sort Yeah, yeah. Out. yeah. Anyway, we'll um... Let's get into it. Welcome yeah, let's to get into it. Six seven. Of,
1: um, six, seven. Is it seven? Seven, yeah.
0: <laughs> Wait,
1: really? Yeah, yeah. We're on no, is it seven? It's six, I swear it is. <laughs> I don't, you've got me confused now. Right now, I'm having a look. I'm having a look. I need to change that thumbnail then. I made a thumbnail for this. not for episode seven on it. Oh, man. This is this
0: is, this, is, this is this is our plan. This is our structure show as well we planned this
1: out. Oh, no. Then, uh, <laughs> it's, oh, it's episode all. six. It's episode six. <laughs>
0: it's all right.
1: I've put, right, put, se- put seven on the thumbnail. And four, oh, I'll,
0: man. I've put one
1: in my book. Uh, well, or in here. Episode six.
0: Maybe it's episode seven in some weird pile <laughs> universe. We works. We made one in a week. Oh, God. Um, but yeah, um, this week um, we've got a new segment. We're going to start. We've got a few new segments today. Um, we're obviously going to be covering Stranger Things. Yeah, topic. we've
1: we've managed to come up with a sort of structure. Yeah. So hopefully it's not as messy. Yeah, um, um, as it has been.
0: And our first uh, like uh, little segment is uh, news this week. Uh, news relating to film, TV shows and uh anything interesting in the entertainment industry um so i mean i've got a few pieces here that i i, I want to talk about that I, I think is really cool um the first one view cinemas uh have, like they've outlined a physical distancing plans to help uh, reopen cinemas and um and cinema chains um July the fourth i believe um the government um, gave approval for cinemas to reopen and um I read in an interview by The Guardian that the founder of Cinemas, Tim Richards, um, is plan- he's planning to get the cinema up and running for the 17th of July, which is the release of Christopher Nolan's Tenet, yeah. which is really yeah. cool. It's one of those films that I don't want to see on... I mean, on demand, uh, I think it's, it's got its benefits definitely for... Um, you can also support like filmmakers who were releasing stuff and even some of the studios who are struggling to um, re- um release films vod and on on demand streaming is really helping them benefiting them but it's not at all helping cinemas and i think no, it's no. great to get back into the cinema personally and tenet is a film yeah. that you want to see on a big screen yeah.
1: Any Christopher Nolan, Nolan's film needs to be watched on a big screen. And to be honest, I I, I prefer watching all of my films on a big screen. It's like, yeah, obviously, yeah. On, on demand is great for when you're in your house and stuff, you know, ease of access. But yeah. there, there's nothing quite like um, watching a film in the cinema. Um, no. I've got a couple of bits. Um, New Mutants has got an, yet another theatrical release date. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Um, August 2020, at some point around there. Um, obviously, it's been delayed several times. Um, yeah, over I, the past year. I mean, those it was three- one of
0: those things where I was, I was saying that you know something like Newtons, maybe Disney could have just dropped on Disney Plus. Um, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Obviously, but they that- weren't going to drop something like a film, um, uh, a lot, a, a larger budget film. They weren't i don't think there's a lot of risk there just dropping on disney plus
1: yeah i mean disney plus also have their huge policy about r-rated content yeah so there's so um obviously that that probably wouldn't have worked but um maybe releasing it for um digital release um on things like amazon prime and stuff so you can buy it rent it you know yeah um, maybe think, would have worked i think
0: it, it brings up like the topic of like video videos on demand as well like we saw yeah. the recent Trolls film come out on on demand and it's, yeah. it's quite a massive step for because it's never been done with, like straight up like you know I mean you've obviously got the Netflix originals which when they first started dropping um, people were like oh what's all this then like a lot of people were yeah. there was a lot of for and against a lot of people completely against it and you know cinema is the way it should should be released each film should have a a wide theatrical release. Um, yeah, I mean, so, but, sorry, Karen. Um, well, but I think it's also it does help a lot of ways. It's because obviously they'll charge in higher prices to rent certain like trolls. I think you could stream it when it first came out at a higher price. Yeah, it is beneficial for like families and who you know going to the sceneries It's it's a hundred pound if you go three kids and you have popcorn. And the whole package of the cinema, it's 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 a hundred, it's hundred pounds a time. So yeah, I think videos on demand and some like like releases going straight onto that is going to benefit. Um, I think everyone because cinemas will have to maybe you know find a way to lower prices and make it again more accessible.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think I think that is one of the um, it it's the biggest selling point with on demand video, Netflix, Amazon Prime, you know, all of that stuff. It is it's accessible to everyone to anyone yeah. um in this day and age anybody could sign up for a netflix account whether you pay for it or you get a trial or whatever you know
0: yeah yeah e-
1: ev- everybody can and that that's why i think we, we're definitely gonna see a a big influx with that um because you know that that is the way that it's, uh, it's probably gonna end up going you know You'll see a steady decline, especially after, you know, the pandemic. You'll see a steady decline with people going to cinemas, and it's it's a shame.
0: It's a shame, but I mean, I've got I have got a little bit of hope with the whole idea that cinemas will have to lower prices because I mean, there was a whole thing in the eighties where you know, in the US, you'd pay five dollars for any film, and you know, it's, yeah, it's gone up in a, it's gone up a drastically in recent like in over the last like 30, 40 years, and
1: yeah, I mean, Hopefully I see, it
0: can come down again.
1: It, the The nearest um, cinema cinema to me, it's a uh, it's a showcase cinema.
0: Yeah,
1: and obviously they went all out, and a lot of cinemas have done this. But on a showcase, were you know quite big in the UK for doing this, yeah. where they refurbed all of their cinemas with the reclining seats and yeah. stuff like that. And it's now like nearly fourteen fourteen pound for a ticket. Yeah, there. And that's like the cheapest cinema that's um, closest to me. It's in walking distance. So, yeah. um, it's... You I mean, know.
0: I think it's quite. I look at what, like, like, I'm always, I, am like, obviously, I, I love going to cinema. The cinema is the place for me where you need. It's, it's, it's the requirement. But yeah. I don't think the cinema will ever go away um, because of that. Because I think everyone who's got even got a slight interest in film. I mean, going to the cinema is. It's it's like a it's something that everyone loves doing. It's like it's like it's like a drug in some ways. The it, yeah, oh, it really yeah. is. You've got a go. I mean, carry on. Yeah,
1: yeah. I was just, I was just about to say. Um, as as well as one, one of my favourite points about cinema is um, if if you get you know if you get lucky and you're lucky to be in a screen where there's no assholes disrupting you the entire time yeah it's it's you know it's crucial for you to sit there and you can really you can really enjoy the film and really concentrate on the film and really focus whereas with you know at home a lot of the time it it depends what i'm watching to be honest but you know if i'm watching a watching a film you might look down at your phone and you know you start scrolling and stuff like that yeah and what I do like about a cinema is it is that place to relax and focus and yeah. you know re- really enjoy what you are watching
0: I think I mean there's so many negatives can be brought up along this pandemic with cinemas and obviously streams of VOD is a threat but I'm hoping that as I said like cinemas can do something to make it even more competitive with these things because you say there's yeah. now need to find a reason why people need to now leave their homes and go for a cinema there's got to be that reason yeah
1: there's there's I mean, obviously, what they'll probably end up doing is, you know, they'll open so many screens with only so many seats available. And, you know, you can only sit with certain people, which is, you know, fine because, you know, a lot of people just want to get back into the cinemas.
0: Yeah. And Mm, um, I I like what they're doing with you. I mean, I think it'd be great for it to... I mean, it'd be just nice to... I really want to see Kenneth in the cinema.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's not a film that I'd like to... um, Sit and watch at home. It is one of those films that you know, it's gonna, it's gonna be big. It's gonna be visually beautiful. It's one of those yeah. films that you do want to see on the big screen.
0: I mean, first time seeing it, especially as well. Um, yeah, exactly. But another um, film release that did come out on VOD and video on demand in, in the US, and is coming out later in the UK, is um, Capone, um, directed by Josh Trank. Who? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm yeah, Tom Hardy. It's for me. It's an interesting story. It's um, Al Capone, age forty-seven. He's come out of um, prison at this point. He's suffering from out al- from Alzheimer's. Or dementia. yeah, yeah, I think it was
1: Alzheimer's. And um, it, it was one of those. Two. Yeah,
0: and it's um, it, it'll be. A, I mean, it hasn't received great um, reviews, but it's it's an interesting look at a man who's come out of prison who's no longer. You know, he's he's not on. he's he's, he's in decline. You know, it's his last few years last year of his life and it's interesting it's an interesting story um josh Trank, yeah, yeah. obviously he's he directed the fantastic four film which i don't like at all
1: <laughs> he
0: also did a film called chronicle um a few years before that it's a sci-fi film i've
1: actually not seen that yet
0: it's great it's so i'm, I'm i am intrigued by it but what i've heard is not great things um but i think I'll, i will definitely check it out just out of curiosity and i love tom Hardy. yeah as well.
1: yeah yeah, Tom Hardy's brilliant.
0: Have you got any um, more news this week?
1: Um, not much, no. Um, one thing that I do keep seeing, um, there's two things actually. Um, Matrix 4 has been confirmed to uh, resume production in July. That's um, I'm, I'm I'm kind of intrigued to uh, see where they go with yeah, definitely. Matrix 4. Um, to be honest, there's been some New avatar 2 set photos released um with Kate Winslet appearing in several of them
0: yeah
1: which is um also interesting and uh, also Robert Patterson has said that he's refusing to work out for the Batman <laughs> and he said that he, and he said that he doesn't want to be too bulky so he's uh, refusing to do his weight training I thought that was interesting uh, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it everywhere at the moment like I don't know why but that piece of news is really catching people's attention
0: <laughs> I mean. I don't think he's ever gonna. No one is ever gonna challenge Christian Bale when he, you know, he got all shredded for The Dark Knight Rises, and then like the year after, American Hustle comes out, and he's just like, yeah, packed, like I don't think no yeah. one. So he's just, he's just, he's like, yeah,
1: he's, <laughs> he's, gonna, he's just, he just doesn't care. And I mean, to be honest, I think yeah. it'll be kind of interesting to um see Robert Pattinson as Batman. I'm, I'm kind of excited to be honest.
0: He's having a really um, good last few years. I mean, he's got ten. Yeah, yeah. He's, He's, Tenet. he's really good time. He's having a really good time. The I always quote the Matthew, yeah. Matthew McConaughey, um, right? <laughs> like, he did some stuff before that weren't, weren't so great, but then Dallas Buyers Club. And, uh, yeah, he's invisible for Wall Street. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, I mean, I I, I am really intru- I do like him. Like I've seen him in interviews, and The Lighthouse is great. And um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I still
1: need to watch The Lighthouse. I haven't seen it
0: yet.
1: <laughs> um, get
0: round to it, man. It's so good.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, I'm going to run it at some
0: point. Um, I think we should move on to our next new section. Um, yeah, our next new in.
1: segment.
0: Uh, it's called Hidden Gems, and um, we're going to pick out films that are streaming on Netflix, any of the streaming platforms, um, that we think that just would interest people and bring really great things that we've discovered. Um, yeah. To tide you over during this. I mean, not even just qu- over quarantine. We're going to use it over, over every episode, but if you're looking for them yeah. to watch... On any streaming platform, uh, we're here this week. So, Jack, what what's your hidden gem of the week?
1: Um, so, my hidden gem of the week is a twenty-three minute documentary, and it's called The Trader. Um, this was released in twenty eighteen, I believe. It premiered at the uh, Sundance twenty eighteen festival, yeah. and it won the uh, award for short filmmaking. Yeah. And um, this this film was really interesting. I've seen it. A few times now, and um, the first time I watched it when it was first released, I was I was kind of confused because it it follows this man who um yeah. who buy he who buys products. Um, he's in the Republic of Georgia, and he buys products for cheap prices, yeah. and then he sells them in rural areas for potatoes, and then he sells the potatoes in order to make a profit. Yeah. And um, it is really, really interesting. You know, the whole film is one giant contrast because visually it looks beautiful. but yet yeah. yeah, the imagery is so bleak. And it's just, it is so, so interesting. I, I really enjoyed um, watching that. And again, it's only like 23 minutes long, so it's not going to take up a huge chunk of your time. And I think it's definitely worth the watch.
0: See, that's really interesting as... I'll, I'll mention again later when we've discussed uh, more. We'll watch what we've um, been watching this week, but I, I got BFI Player this over the last like few weeks, and um, I've yeah, been watching yeah, I... some amazing documentaries on there. And uh, I, I do like, for me, there's something really, really great about a documentary that that isn't like a normal. I mean, I've got, I, my recommendation is documentary also, but with documentaries, there's something so beautiful about real life, and the way some directors can capture it is just perfect.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think, see, I, I like watching um, documentaries. It's, it because whilst I enjoy watching, you know, fictional films, yeah, it does, it really changes the way that I watch a film. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely.
1: Because it is just like, it's so similar in the fact that, you know, there is beautiful filmmaking there. But it's so different in the respect that, you know, this is, it's real life and it is so raw and it's so real.
0: Yeah. That's great. Um, my Hidden Gem this week uh, is another documentary released in 2018. Um, it's called They'll Love Me When I'm Dead. And it, it's it's uh, directed by uh, uh, Morgan Neville, uh, who you may know by... Um, a short, a mini series that came out um, last year called Shangri La, which covers uh, Rick Rubin and um, the Shangri La Recording Studios. Um, it, it I, re- I believe, it was uh, nominated for a Grammy as well last year, um, Best Music Film. Um, which it, it's a great sh- uh, mini series as well. Um, he also uh, did "Won't You Be My Won't You Be My Neighbor," uh, which came oh, out a yeah. few years ago. That's that's great. Um, but this is this documentary is about. Um, the last 15 years of Austin Welles' life, and um, especially covering a film that was unreleased till two years ago, um, which is also on Netflix called *Other Side of the Wind*, um, which it tells the stories of just the crazy production of it. Because anyone familiar with Orson Wells's career, um, you'll know after like *A Touch of Evil*, he was sort of banished from Hollywood. Um, he was sort of blacklisted. He was kind of betrayed, and um, after *A Touch of Evil* up until this film, he was working he was in Europe, he was making some great films in Europe um, but they weren't he was nowhere even near Hollywood at all, and um, Other Side of the Wind, um, during the 70s uh, obviously the new cinema boom the likes of Mike Scorsese William Freakin you've got the movie Brat Friends Orson Welles was idolised by these guys and uh, The Other Side of the Wind was his return to um, Hollywood, as we know it. He, want, he wanted this to be his return to um, Hollywood filmmaking. Um, but the crazy thing about it is that the film had no script. Um, <laughs> it was shot. I mean, Peter Bogdanovich, um, a, a good friend of Autumn Wells and a, a quite a big director in the '70s, um, he he was he was involved with the film. He was starring in the film. Um, it had loads and loads. of, It was shot in a house in Arizona. Um, Again, no script. No, everyone on the set had no real indication or clear direction of what he was going, and it's just so interesting to see this brilliant filmmaker's mind work because no one, no one knew what he was going for, but everyone listened to him. You know, it's Austin Wells. Um, it also details Austin's um, life over the last fifteen years and the troubles that he suffered. Um, he described it as a curse of making Citizen Kane. Um, Because people, whatever work he made, people always compared it to Citizen Kane. And, you know, who's who's ever going to want that comparison? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) uh, It's not about him struggling with that. Um, It's also narrated by Alan Cumming, which a lot of people may know from the, the Spy Kids films. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was the only part that didn't really work for me because it was a fictional narrator. It, it felt a little bit out of place. But apart from that, it's it's such a good documentary, and I think it's really important for any cinephile or any any person that's interested in filmmaking as well, who's, who's ever worked on a set, because it's crazy some of the stories.
1: Yeah, we actually um we messaged about this the um the other day yeah. about how yeah. scary it is. How scary it must be going into um, production, with no, production s- no with, with no script and um, Gladiator. Yeah, it actually came out a while ago. Russell Crowe said this in an interview that they um they went into Gladiator and the script was <laughs> nowhere near yeah. finished. And obviously that's a film that won Best Picture, and it is it is an amazing film. Yeah, it's uh, uh, so that
0: scares me though. It's like a like a film like, like that that terrifies me.
1: Yeah, going into a film with no script it's like that's it's like what what would you do on a set how how are you inst- how are you planning to keep people in control yeah. and instruct people on a huge set when you don't know what you're meant yeah. to be instructing them on well i think w- and yeah. what
0: made it so interesting is that the whole point is, is the film is meant to be, is a documentary about an aging filmmaker although it wasn't meant to be yeah. autobiographical of Orson Welles it was and uh, he's he he made his comeback film Ironically, is Orson Welles is making The Other Side of the Wind. So it, it's kind of autobiographical. Um, but the whole point of it, a midsection in the film, um, it's, it's a documentary about a filmmaker, and the document, the filmmaker in the film is um, making a, a film, basically. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's kind of like film filmmaking Inception. Um, but the whole point <laughs> of it, uh, which is described, the film that the filmmaker makes in the film is very arthouse. So it gave a chance to awesome for Awesome Wells to make a film that wasn't an Awesome Wells film. It got him to like branch out a little bit, which I think is really cool. And if anyone hasn't seen The This side of the Wind, they're both on Netflix, but I recommend watching They'll Love Me When I'm Dead documentary first.
1: Yeah, um, another thing of um Awesome Wells is that is really um, interesting if you get a chance to learn or read about this is um Awesome Wells' War of the Worlds. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously i I study media and this is something that you look into in quite excruciating depth yeah. is um specifically how it was received and you know what what he intended to do with this specific piece and the way it was um, aired on radio stations like an actual report and you know it, it was the idea that um if people had tuned in midway that they would actually believe that you know
0: aliens yeah, were yeah.
1: invading the planet and um it is it's hugely interesting and it is um it is, re- it is really um it's a really intriguing listen if you actually um listen to it I, i'm not sure where you I mean, can, get I it. You can probably it. find it on youtube so I, I
0: definitely want to check that out
1: I yeah yeah you can thing, pro- but i've never yeah um you could probably find it on youtube yeah. but it, it is it's a really interesting um listen obviously narrated and directed by awesome wiles the um it is really really interesting
0: that's great i mean um should uh, we move on to uh, the main discussion which is
1: uh we should actually move on to stranger yeah. things
0: now um so um we were, we're talking about strange things i've rewatched it recently in quarantine and uh yeah
1: yeah i I, I, I managed to rewatch the entire thing in three days.
0: That, I mean that's crazy. Well, that's credit.
1: It was um it was long. It was, it was um it was definitely a bit of an effort. Enjoyed it though.
0: Um, I want to come back to it because um before uh, we mentioned a few weeks ago before we even started rewatching it um on the podcast. Um, I had a few issues with Stranger Things, uh, especially the last season, season three, which I've kind of changed, yeah, yeah. and I actually like I like it a lot more now. Um, I love I've loved yeah. the TV series. Like uh, for me, I, I want to say it's probably my favorite in the last ten years of any TV show. Apart from I'm not I'm counting like when it started because um you know I mean Breaking <laughs> Bad you know uh, Breaking Bad I'm not, yeah. I'm not really, I, Breaking Bad started in 2008. So, I mean, like, a TV show that's started in the last 10 years, it's definitely my favourite. Um, yeah. A lot of reasons. I think... Uh, I mean, characters are great. And it's it's, 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 it's a love letter to, the, to nostalgia. And even though it wasn't around, yeah. it's a great love letter.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got to agree with that. Um, it, is, it is a huge love letter to um, the 80s. And everything that could possibly represent the '80s, and it is an absolutely incredible piece of television. It's it, I, I would definitely say it's one of my um one of my favorite TV shows from um, the last decade. Um, obviously, starting in 2016, it was it was um one of the biggest Netflix original shows upon its release
0: it's one of those things and, where um, i look back now and if you look before like netflix had a few big things so you had like narcos coming out which did reasonably well yeah um, better course or prequel to breaking bad but as like as like an original as like an original piece of television it's probably you look you can probably pinpoint stranger things to the biggest the, the one that started yeah. a lot of the, the greats of this come from netflix
1: one of the things that I love about Stranger Things and especially um, the writing of Stranger Things, it's 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 so it's so simple yet it's so intricate, and you can tell the work that's been put into everything surrounding the show. Yeah, the set um, design, especially. I love. the the set design is really really amazing. Um and. I've recently watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as well, and similar to that,
0: yeah, you know, the, the set letter, design,
1: yeah. the set design of the time and the love letter back to, you know, the '80s, '60s, the movie, you yeah. know, everything is just absolutely it, you know, it's it's perfect, you know. Yeah. And the way they, the way they've managed to, you know, build up the world. And you know they developed it for three seasons. Yeah. You know it is, it is extremely well done. Um,
0: I want to go start with season one because I season one is yeah yeah. I think it's like I think if it ended it just after season one it would be great. Um, I'm glad yeah. to, I'm glad to continue because I do love the other seasons. but we're going to them, but season one is such a straightforward. It's just a boy who goes missing in a weird yeah. like in, in like a weird. He's got the sci-fi element to it and it's so simple and just like, it obviously takes influence from a lot of this stuff. Um, one of the main criticisms I did see of the first season was that it relies heavy on too much of, um, influences from the eighties and Stephen, there's a, there's a reference to Stephen King's firelight, um, novel. Yeah. I, I will yeah. disagree with these. Um, because I don't, I was never distracted by the references too much.
1: Um, yeah. To, to when I remember, um, watching ready player one and uh, that was one of the that was a film that i thought was relied yeah. on too heavily by pop culture yeah. references from the 80s because it what it, that was literally one of the main plot points yeah. of right, ready, ready player, player one, one yeah. you know that and i think stranger things i think it definitely did in parts in terms of building up the characters personalities you've
0: and, got you and season one where Elm yeah lifts it and uh it, for me like and i that was part of it though like that added to it they didn't distract me too much so yeah like,
1: it, it 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 didn't distract too much but it's it i think in in part if you look at those things and you're like oh that's a cool little touch it added to the time period but
0: for me like there's a yeah. difference between relying too much and then adding to the,
1: and then it's yeah. adding to the time period yeah but um I'm I'm torn between which of the first two seasons is my favorite. Yeah. Um I think I I do really enjoy season 3 after rewatching. Yeah. I think I definitely enjoy it more this time yeah. around. I mean, I remember when I first watched yeah. it I, I was incredibly excited yeah. and I watched it all in one sitting. Yeah. So that may have, you know, because I was sat there for yeah. a while, so that may have, you know, messed with my thoughts a little bit, you know, maybe yeah. I was getting a bit groggy towards the end. But this longer... time I watched it in... Yeah, carry on. This time I watched it in, like, yeah. two sittings, three sittings, and um, I think I definitely appreciated season three more. Yeah. Um, I think with all, with all of the seasons, there's Things that you know you'd go and you'd change, yeah, yeah. But I, I really do enjoy season three. I'm just not quite sure I enjoy it more than season one and yeah. two.
0: Um, with season one, um, I will highlight because there's a few standouts in every season for me that do get like for me, season one, Mini Bobby Brown really shows her talent as a young actor the most. I think in over the all three seasons, um, she really plays the part, yeah. Like so well, um, obviously she's developed as a character in the coming seasons. But that girl, too scared, but got a lot of power, and I love how it was written. Where she slowly, she slowly learned more about her power over the season, and you can kind of see that.
1: Yeah, that that is one thing that I would highlight um, throughout the um, show is definitely the um, development of Eleven, yeah. because you know when when you see her in season one, you know. Um, e- even in terms of her language, she's very restricted, yeah. and a lot of her acting relies on body language yeah. and you know emotional tells and stuff. And I think that's so brilliantly done that her character doesn't rely heavily on speech, and it's a it's a thing, it's a way of writing a character that a lot of people would probably ignore. Yeah, and I I think that's brilliant, and obviously the way that develops into season two, after she um, is sort of adopted by yeah. Hopper, and then in season three, when obviously she is now classed as Hopper's yeah, daughter, yeah. and the the way she interacts with the other cast members, especially Max, in season yeah. three, yeah. the way they interact towards the beginning, I think is um, it's brilliant and it's yeah. really well done, and it does show. How far the character yeah. of Eleven has come since the beginning of the season with
0: um season one as well um I also want to pick out Winona Ryder as um Will Byers' yeah, mom yeah uh, I think that she's the best she the way she portrays that like craziness and the, I love how this situation yeah. goes because you can see this, this this a slight belief in all the like when she's when she's getting the lights and that you can see like like her son Jonathan uh, played by Charlie Heaton think she's going insane. But you can also see that slight, yeah. just a slight bit of belief the there. And um, I do really yeah. like that. Um, season one as well, um, a lot of the great, the best scenes, I think, for me are in um, the household with um, um, Will By this Mom, uh, with the Winona Rider and the lights and um, the Demogorgon coming through the wall. And those images are great for me. And it's really, really well done. It's, it's some good horror
1: yeah it really is and um what another thing about Winona Ryder's performance as Joyce is that you know even though you're you're watching the show and you know you know exactly what's going on you're given full disclosure you know it it's it's incredible that even you as an audience member can still feel like maybe she is going crazy you know because because you're able to you know take from other characters reactions and yeah. you know the, the way she the way she plays the character yeah. is just so incredible she is very good in this in um, the show
0: i also want to bring up um last last of the um the, the things i really like about season one is uh, Matthew modine is papa um to uh, 11 yeah david uh, harper no no um and, Matthew um, Modine was um, no, I meant I said Papa like Papa pa. yeah, yeah oh Papa oh, yeah. I thought he said Hopper um, yeah yeah um, there we go he's, he's great as, um, he's yeah, so evil yeah, yeah. and it, he, I I love the way that's I love all the scenes in the lab as well in that season especially with Eleven you start to like discover what's going on there and you can see a little bit more yeah. each episode
1: yeah yeah Um, he, he yeah Matthew Modine as um, Branagh is really really good um, he, he 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 really makes you despise yeah. the character because he is he's he's yeah. despicable. You know he is he does tests on children and he kidnaps them from their parents. He is and,
0: evil. He you is, know he, he is
1: that evil agent everyone thinks of when you
0: think our oh, government conspiracy. Yeah, and he is that evil guy.
1: <laughs> he is he is that guy that when people think, you know, that the government are hiding stuff from us and running tests on people he, he is yeah. the guy that you would you would season think one of.
0: as well which we'll get to in a sec but it doesn't have a filler episode unlike the following season <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, that that episode we'll that.
0: We'll two,
1: i'm really not a fan um, of yeah i, I really but, don't like it but um season, season one does a good job of not le- it doesn't it doesn't leave you time yeah. to put in a filler episode it's even when it feels like you know, it's maybe dragging a tiny bit, the pace doesn't. It doesn't really slow down as such. No. Which I really Um,
0: like. I think some of the best moments for the kids this season. Um, especially, I, I find with a lot of obviously child actors getting them to perform. But one, like one bad child actor, can completely remove me from a show um, or a film yeah and i think the kids are great in this season um they're just fun to hang you feel like you're hanging around with them it's a great hangout yeah it also reminds me of obviously days um, confused a little bit older obviously but you days you and confused can show, you could, you could yeah just, you, could, you could like the kids interacting you can great. sort of the see kids it interact the, the kids and the way they interact especially i mean you've got um later on in the season towards the end, you've got when they interact with um David Harbour as um, Hopper and um, yeah. Jonathan, yeah. Jonathan and uh, Nancy, um, their relationship development in the first season I think is great, and I love. However, I, yeah. I, the characters is so well written in this show, and the, especially in the first season, the whole narrative the way it, un- it played out every single yeah. episode, it's perfect. It doesn't go on too long for me. It's one. I, I just love yeah. the first season. Yes, yeah, it's a, it's, it's eight,
1: it's eight episodes. I think all. Every season's eight episodes, right? I think.
0: Second one, which is nine, because
1: of well, it is eight episodes of that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) but um, yeah, I I love I love the development of the characters in the show. I love how you can love a character one minute and hate them the next, and vice versa. Um, Especially with Steve in the first season, because again, when I was re-watching this first season, you know, Steve is a completely different character in season one you know the way the way he acts around Nancy yeah. towards the beginning the the way he treats Nancy towards yeah. the end you know it, it's how how you can go from hating a character to then you know that character having a change of heart um especially when he starts interacting yeah. with Justin not just Justin Justin, yeah. Jesus and um yeah i think it's really it's really incredible the um the way that a character can change all the characters, especially in
0: the first know, season. Like, so just watched, like that, they all develop so well. Like even as the, like Harper is David Harbour, and as his relationship grows with uh, yeah, when I write Joyce, when I a and it's it's so every character in that first season is so well done, and the show the way it slowly unfolds is perfect to I me. Mean, the first season of of Things, yeah, I
1: mean closest
0: perfect you can get.
1: Well, I mean. well, yeah, yeah, it really is. I mean going back to Hopper, when we are first introduced to Hopper, you know, he, he really doesn't, he doesn't care about anything, you know, he's obviously, you learn that he um, he's lost his daughter and that definitely, I feel, contributes to the way he acts towards the beginning of that first season. Um, but he, he doesn't really care about, you know, yeah. doing his job to the best of his ability. You know, he's just sort of he 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 just he, he is just existing, yeah. you know, and he shows up and he, he sort of does what he has to do. And when he starts interacting with Joyce, you know, that sort of changes, you know, especially in season yeah. two when he takes an 11, you know, it, it sort of changes. It gives him a reason to not just get up and exist, but get up and exist to the best of yeah. his ability.
0: Um, moving on to season two, um, one of the things that I really like the introduction of uh, is Sadie Sink and um, Dacu Mon- Montgomery as uh, Max and Billy. Um, for me, yeah. Max's the- yeah. group is it's great because you can start to see um, as a group, they start growing older. Um, you've got obviously, in the previous season, you had that little, um, the, like with um, uh, oh, um, Ben Waterpott, uh, Mike and uh, Eleven, you had that, like, relationship going on there, but with the introduction of Max and yeah, yeah. we've got like um, Dustin and Lucas. Um...
1: what what I do like what I do what I do like as well is obviously when Mike starts to like eleven in the first season, you know, Dustin and Lucas are the first to knock yeah. him for it, you know, for yeah. liking a girl. And then it and then it's them two that um, ultimately end up fighting yeah. over Max in season. In season two, what I, which um, is one thing that I do find. It's a great way to grow.
0: I mean, the introduction of like a new character is it, it's it's hard to do, and if it, for me, I think they did it just right, especially both of them. I mean, I don't think Billy gets the best. I don't think they get the best out of um, Billy until the third season, which we'll move on to in a sec. But Max in season two is great. Um,
1: yeah, I think I think Billy is. Um, I think he's. I honestly, what one. One character that is overlooked yeah. as well, um, as an in introduction in season two is, um, I really like, um, you've with Max, I really like, like Bob that. Newby, yeah. No, I really like Bob Newby, I really like Sean. You see, I was, Bob. It's
0: another thing like um, that as well, it's where you can sort of, I was kind of worried because I remember seeing it, and obviously, I, I knew him at the time from uh, obviously, his, his past in the Gooners and about eighties films, and it, yeah, it's another time where. He never he, he Bobby's so good of a character that I never noticed Sean Aston as as him, and I think yeah. that's right as well.
1: It's like, I mean, especially um, towards the end of season two, um, in the last episode yeah. that he's in, because I don't think he's no, in the yeah. last one. But um, it's it's when you know he he, he decides to step yeah, up, you know, and right, he's yeah. and he's gonna do what he can to save them. I really see Samwise Gamgee yeah, yeah, in him there. Yeah. Um, yeah. from Lord of the Rings, especially yeah. Sam in Return of the King, you know, where he yeah. sort of steps up when he goes to Ressie yeah. Frodo. Um, I, I also like the introduction of uh, Brett Gowman as yeah. Murray yeah. Bauman.
0: I mean, I think that's 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 um, obviously Jonathan Nancy's, like, at the peak in a relationship. Um, he plays yeah. the conspiracy that.
1: journalist so well. It's he so does. Classic. He... he... He 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 would be that that guy that you know he he's he's got a YouTube channel and he's always posting yeah. this nutty thing these nutty things he's he kind of reminds me of the um the guy in yeah, Independence yeah. Day that says he got um that says he got yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and stuff I love his house as but, well. Um, like, yeah like
0: the, the whole the design of that yeah. is great.
1: Yeah, I I really do think um season season two is probably my favorite. Thinking about it more, um, I think this is, there are some moments in season two that are just so fun. Yeah. You know, I like um I like the Dustin and um, Steve relationship that, and a, how like, that develops yeah, like, in it, season it's, two.
0: It's such a like, it's hard to do that because that's a risky thing to do. I mean, imagine like especially after season one and being in the right room, like oh, Steve and Dustin are going to develop a yeah. relationship. That's quite a hard thing to do, and they did it so well.
1: Everybody was probably sat around that table you know going, what? <laughs> "What now?"
0: Yeah, and it's it's so. And it's uh, the writing of the show is just great for me. Um,
1: I I like the way that they're thrown yeah. together as well because obviously when Dustin and Steve sort of when Dustin calls upon yeah. Steve for help, obviously Nancy yeah. is with Jonathan yeah. visiting Murray, which I think is really which I think is um. Really cool, and they are sort of thrown together. It's um, Dustin's need for help, and he, yeah. and obviously he's just like you still got the the, bat with it the nails and it. It,
0: it makes sense, like
1: it's it does. Yeah, it does, and and the St- and Steve is um he's one of those got he's sort of just like yeah, all right, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll come with you. Um, and it's I like the stuff with Dart oh, as yeah, well, that, and it's, um, it's, that's, that's, D- funny, that's Dustin funny, and yeah. Dart. I think it i th- i th- i think is um it's is really funny especially when it's darkly um,
0: funny as well like, it's darkly you know he's, funny like, wh where,
1: where he's yeah, where he's yeah. looking for dart and he finds oh, the yeah. cat uh when yeah. dart has killed his cat and it's like it's like it's just like really really cool dark humor yeah. and i him, do really like that Mar- Mar-
0: Mar- is like so good like in the comedic timing in the show as well like he plays just like especially in season two when he's trying to get everyone to call it call them de- demo dogs like it's just it really fits yeah so well
1: yeah um i think it, it is sort of his personality as well um you see it with dustin that he's the more yeah. mature one of the group and if you ever watch um like interviews with uh Gaten Matarazzo, he is yeah. very, you know, yeah. he's very mature, you know, he's he's I very wanna, intelligent. Um, I and, wanna
0: I wanna bring up No Schnapp in the season because for me, like, yeah, he, he's got his like one of my favorite moments is when they're in the uh, the lab, and it's just before um yeah. Bob steps up, yeah, and that whole when he's he's a spy, yeah. the mind player, that whole scene where Mike yeah. goes to tell them that it's a trap. The whole—it's i tra- I'm not going to spoil it, but it's a trap scene, and the way the way that's acting so well, and the way he just changes, yeah. For me, it's I mean, for me, that's any level stuff for me. Yeah, if,
1: I mean, if if you've watched obviously Stranger Things, you'll know in the first season, Noah Schnapp is not pretty much. He's just, <laughs> he's just, he's pretty much non-existent, and you know, even though he's one of these main characters, you know, he's he's not he's not really yeah. there. He's just he's just and, he's, just, um, like, he's
0: he, he, he is just snap and Shinesteak
1: and to go by the clash for like
0: forty minutes. Yeah,
1: you know, it, it's it's kind of cool how he's this central character through the plot yeah. but nothing else and i kind of like that i think that's kind of cool the way he is he's like he is the most important character yeah. you know he is what they're trying to find you know he he's one. literally talked about he is a, he is a, he's a huge plot device and he's all that's talked about throughout this first season but he's not there and i do really like how it was how it was done Um, I think he de- he definitely gets a lot better. Though I mean,
0: I think for me that whole ho that whole hospital scene is the um yeah uh, is it's the peak. It's for me that's probably the best the best acting I've in season two. Um, I I love yeah. that sequence. Yeah, yeah, he's
1: work. um yeah he's re- he he is really good in that um sequence. I th- I think he's good. Throughout season two, though, especially with um, I I like the scene where they're in um, hot, uh, where are they? Where they're um, <laughs> where they're like oh, in heating him um, up? It's in uh, um, Joyce cabin, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah. It's in Hopper's cabin, yeah. and they're sort of heating him up. I think he's he's really he's good in exorc- that scene it, too. It feels
0: like The Exorcist at times, and he, he, he does it. It well, does. Though,
1: it? it does feel like The Exorcist. And he, but, yeah, but, um, he does do bring that really back well. The
0: criticism again on the first season. I'm going to bring back Bob and Sean Astin into this. Um, it wasn't for me like you could tell there was a, there was trying to a play of nostalgia. Bringing Sean Aston in is quite you know everyone sort of did kind of get the gag at that. <laughs> um, but again, I don't think it height. Yeah, it never relied on that. Like he he's great. Bob a great character on his own. Like he stands he stands on his own two feet there.
1: Yeah, and I I mean yeah, he he's one of the, he's one of those characters that when I do watch the show, it it's kind of like I'm I'm torn fifty fifty between whether I'm you know happy that he was only you know kind of a guest star and he and he doesn't turn into a main cast yeah. member and he doesn't continue through the show, or whether I'm a bit disappointed that they killed him off and you don't see. More. I do
0: think that's perfect. Um, um, his whole the way his character comes to an end it's for me it worked and i think he may have over I, he had no reason to be there he does not ever really like i don't see how we can any any way benefit the plot any any further from that point
1: yeah i mean i think one of the reasons that um he was there and it was to um sort of intimidate yeah. hopper in a way because um, obviously there's there's times where Hopper calls yeah. him a uh, Bob the Brain and Joyce is like, hey, don't don't call him that. And it's because he obviously Hopper is starting to develop these he's feelings towards to
0: um, an extra layer to Hopper's and Joyce's relationship. And
1: yeah, and and he's there to sort of you know yeah. challenge Hopper um, in a way. Um,
0: I, going back to the writing of the show, it's the way they write the characters and the way that. The change over each season, the, the development of them, and the fleshing out of them. I don't think there's many shows that have ever done it
1: better than Stranger Things. I mean, there's, there's not there's not many shows that um that no. do it at all. I mean, and espe- especially not to um this extent. I think the, the way the way Stranger Things is able to develop these characters. And I think it's important again that there are time jumps because they do they you know they develop yeah. and they and they get older. Um, this is this is shown a hell of a lot more. Yeah, in the third season, well, I think with season and three. Um,
0: um, ending, on, ending, on, ending on season two, um, like transcending into season three. Billy, um, played by Dacumot Montgomery, is um. For me, in season two, he has his moments when he picks up Max in the car. You can see like the level of anger and you yeah, see, like, the level of anger inside of him. And I love that at the end of the season you start to see more yeah. about um, the issues he has with his dad and his old issues at home. And I, I think like, yeah. what the yeah. things does yeah. so well is he sees Steve develop as a character. Obviously, when you know he he's no longer friends with his um, he's, t- he's like you know when he falls out with um friends at school.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, I love like how slowly, like, it's like a fine
0: so you slowly see, see, it's like such age as a character, and you, you can see that, you can see why a certain yeah. characters act the way they do, and I don't think enough shows, or even enough films do that.
1: Yeah, and I think, one thing that's, that's great about um, season three, is that you never expect Billy, I think, especially at the end of season two, to become, what yeah. he does in season three. You no. you never expect that turn for the character because obviously, at the end of season, two, season um, two, yeah, and not only that, you know, he's sort of agreed to back yeah. off from Max at the end of season two after she uh, yeah. threatens him with the bat, uh, the bat with the nails in, <laughs> and, you know, he sort of agreed to back off, you know, and he become he's not that yeah. the big bad anymore, you know, because in season two he yeah. was sort of he was sort of the threat to, yeah. you know, the the group, especially when you know he's going around and he's looking for Max. Yeah. Um. But then after after he backs off, you know, you don't expect to maybe see as mu- see as much yeah. as, much of him. And then obviously with the turn that he takes in season yeah. three, it's like. Um, I, I don't yeah. think you could have called it. He, um, to be honest, well, if yeah, you when, were he becomes, gonna,
0: when he becomes one of the flames it, 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 it's it's one, one of the flavors. When you watch the show, it, 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 it started, he's basically the, the the monster, quote unquote, in the third season. And he, for me, he, play, he yeah, I, that's that's where he best comes out uh, in the third season.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I first saw that Chris Montgomery in uh, Power Rangers. He was in, he was in the Power Rangers reboot and that, that film really didn't have much going for Um, it. And, um, and then he cropped up in stranger things. And I was like, do uh, I know him from somewhere? And then I was like, Oh, he was in that Power Rangers film. And I was like, Oh, but he's so good in stranger things. And he wasn't in the Power Rangers film. And um, he is, he's so, he's so good in um in stranger things especially in that in in um season two when with first being introduced you know he's, he's got that level of um when he's he's yeah. got that level of you anger and he, he's almost a psychopath
0: there that makes him who he is and i love the way it's, it doesn't tell you yeah like, but it waits and waits
1: yeah and it and obviously that that development is still going yeah. into season three and again again, this what this this showed as well is it's it doesn't reveal everything at once, you know it yeah. it develops yeah. it over time, you know, and it and it it's keeps you watching and show. it is it's done fantastically yeah, it really um, is.
0: but I think especially with um like season three, which I really like um we mentioned it earlier a uh, great underlined here, max and uh, Elle's relationship in this. Um, I think it's great because you get to see Eleven grow even more as a character. She, she's now developing from this kid to this teenager that doesn't really, that's quite naive and she surely comes out of a shell in season three. And I think Max was a perfect person.
1: Yeah. Yeah, obviously, Ma- Max is, um as season two goes on and, you know, entering into the beginning of season three, Max is very, yeah. you know, outgoing um
0: she's, a, she's, she's quite she, she, she's a, and... like a, quite a powerful powerful character over the group you can tell she has she has a say in the group and it, i think it's great because she gets she helps develop 11
1: yeah she is and you know it's it sort of especially at the beginning of season three it's sort of like al sort of fading yeah. into normality now and you know when she goes out to the the shopping mall with
0: um, with
1: max yeah and it does it it shows her you know fading into normality like she's she's finally being accepted in society now for you know who she is the power she has you know even though people don't know it's like she's sort of blended in now
0: and um Another thing which I really like in this season uh, is I think it's I'd I'd say at times it is the funniest season um, comedically it's it's sometimes like you got you got and, um, obviously you got Lucas and Mike obviously with the girl problems and it's it, obviously when they yeah. go around the I love it well, when they go around the mall to be fair it's hilarious watching them just mumble around all the shops
1: yeah like good dollars <laughs> I think the w- one of the funniest parts of um this season the arcs that um I really enjoy is um Murray, Alexi, yeah, yeah, Hopper and Joyce. Close. So some of the interactions between Alexi, Hopper and Murray yeah, who's yeah. translating yeah. for Alexi is um it's brilliant. It, it does crack me off every time. I think it's um absolutely fantastic. And again it's the introduction of the character of Alexei who you know is probably not gonna Become a huge recurring yeah, character, yeah. But spoiler, <laughs> but he, he's there, yeah, to um to provide that yeah. comic relief. I think it's great
0: seeing those four as well as arc, cause it's, a lot of it's all in the previous seasons. The adults, especially like Hopper and Joyce, have all been arcs around the children, like Group, and it's great seeing them have yeah. their own thing. And I think Maurice, um, I great. He's as we mentioned before. He plays. A, he plays this like eccentric guy so well. Um, yeah. And um, Alexis. I mean Alexis is this, this funny Russian guy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um. But yeah, what, one another thing that this um show does incredibly as well is um the way the way it balances. So many arcs at the same at the same yeah. time. It does does that really well, and I think it does the best you know at
0: doing that because you've got multiple ones. So you've got um obviously well Mike and the girls. And yeah, there are so you've got many Steve, with um... the introduction of My Hawk, Um and yeah, and that yeah ride, as and Robin. Imagine, which, again, there's a funny time where they're on like some sort. they of, they're there, like really like high on and tripping on
1: this one, drug. They're on like high they o they're they're tripping on yeah, Russian like, truth
0: syrup. this There's some funny moments there and seeing their relationship develop was great. Um, Dustin and Erica though as well, like they were great yeah. the introduction. Erica's great.
1: Um, um see yeah. on 5050 yeah. on um on Erica um at, at times I think um th- there's two ways I look at the character of Erica. The um there's the side where I think okay, she's playing this spoiled yeah. brat and she's yeah. playing it very well. And then there's the other side where I'm like, okay, this is getting I a little bit like, annoying. She, like,
0: she, she plays, this is the only issue we have with Erica, is towards the end of the season, especially when, like, obviously, they come out of the base. There's no real reason for her to be there in some ways. And it, which um, I get, but, Yeah, get, um, yeah, yeah. another thing is, I, I think the best part about it is when she's like, She's um she's with Dustin and she's just calling him a dad. <laughs> I also like the part where they're going half-blind and they're, they're calling through the vents and that they escape from the, the Steve and hawk.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, see, see, season three is again. It's it's a season that yeah, uh, it grew definitely grew on me. A little bit. Where at first I was like, okay, it's kind of disappointing, you know. If you look at the first two, and again, maybe it was just because I was tired from yeah. you know watching the that entire was, yeah. thing in one sitting. But now I'm like, yeah, I, I, I really do yeah, appreciate this, and it's like it is it's it's well written, you know. Everything is yeah, well balanced. It feels to me like you know it's got probably the season funniest season.
0: There's like one. It's like it's like season one. If it had more 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 arcs, it's got that same feel for me. It's more like a direct. It's more like a direct. Yeah. For me, season two is there's a lot going on in season two, and although it all fits into this weaving into like one main story, I love in season three like all the art, yeah. all the arcs and all the like the stories seem to move really well, which I
1: yeah scares me as a writer. What one th- one. One one thing that is um, great about season three is it it shows the um, the huge scale. Yeah. It really it it is like season one on steroids. Budget, but well,
0: I think it's used well as well. I mean, the mall looks great. I think it yeah. really it, it season one it references the eighties a lot, but you really it really finds its setting in season three.
1: Yeah, it really does, and um, again, I'm really, I'm really excited to um, see what happens in season four. Obviously,
0: I would hop out. I'm gonna bring one um, thing that um, the letter scene at the end of the season tear inducing, man.
1: Oh, that yeah. gets me every time. It gets me every time. I remember the um... see. I, am I'm, I'm the kind of guy that you know. Um, I, I don't, I don't tend to cry a lot. In terms of film and TV, I think uh, one thing that did get me was a yeah. uh, Logan. I cried at the end of Logan. I'm not ashamed to say it. But yeah, end of season um, three, man.
0: End of season three. I think
1: Titanic. Ty- you cried Titanic. Yeah, I think the first time I saw yeah. Titanic when I was like younger, I cried at the end of Titanic, <laughs> and it's like, but yeah, that really did. Um, that that got me. That did the end of season um, three.
0: But obviously, with season four coming with. Like I mean, I, I want to like I, I was looking, and they have started production, but obviously it's been paused at the moment with everything that's going on. Um,
1: yeah, which means um, obviously the release date I think was originally October yeah. twenty, October twenty twenty. That's probably, probably gonna be um, pushed back until at least yeah, January, January March, I'd maybe.
0: say. So, but it's one of those things where. I, I'm really looking forward to what they do more because I don't know. Like, there's, there's talk about them not being in Hawkins, but I don't think they can completely abandon it because Hawkins have developed so well over the last three seasons.
1: It'd be a shame to. I mean, we're in that. I was kind of thinking about where they could go yeah. with it, and obviously, it's it's been confirmed through the um the trailer. Yeah. Hopper's alive. They they sort of. They sort I of at today yeah. if you watch the yeah. after credit scene, um, where they where they say no, not the American, um, I and I've been kind of thinking what they could mean with the whole, um, yeah. not in Hawkins anymore, and um, I I came up with, well, hey, I right. say came up with, they were kind of self explanatory. Well, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yeah, um, well, um, I mean, the the things like the ways that I thought they could go with this is either obviously the buyers, they moved, they've moved away. And there was a lot of talk at the end of season three about, um, everybody going there and then coming back to Hawkins. So, um, you know, maybe the gate, um, maybe there's other gate Mm -hmm. entries, you know, in, um, wherever it is, they moved. I can't remember where they said they were moving. Um, and the more, the more unlikely option is that everybody goes to Russia? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and c- considering um, the show being set in the midst of the Cold War, <laughs> I don't see happening. Rocky Four happened. Um, so... Uh, you know, know, Rocky Four did happen, so no, you never know. You never know. Just, like walk
0: um, out in the same cabin as Rocky. And you just see him running. Through. <laughs>
1: but. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm guessing it will probably take them to the buyers, um, buy us, um yeah. you know, wherever I mean, I, th- I do think
0: maybe wherever not they may I do think maybe the first year won't be in, in Hawkins, but I think they will end up back in Hawkins personally.
1: I mean what, what I would like um, as kind of a filler episode no, you well, know what we did mention bring the filler up the episode episodes, from season two. I'm gonna give that a piece of it's own. Oh okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well. Anyway, what, one thing that obviously I think everybody would like for um season four is um definitely yeah. a hopper episode. You know, explaining yeah, what might, happened at I the end like of the episode, I might do that. Yeah. season three. Um, and I think that I I really want to see that because obviously I'm intrigued. Yeah. Um, he, he should have been blown to smithereens, that, but obviously. Definitely. He wasn't. He yeah. um. He is. He is probably yeah, one like, of the best characters. Fan
0: service as well. Like there's a certain level of fan service.
1: so yeah. So um. Obviously, I I, I want to see what happened now. Obviously, the whole story behind that. Um. Really looking forward to. Um, I want to see how everyone's
0: getting on. Like how you know how and, the move. Like I'd be interested to see how there's so much happen at the end of the
1: season. three, like how's the move affecting everyone? Um, yeah, exactly. And it's um, what one thing that I really would enjoy is, and this this all depends on how they plan on ending the season, yeah, what season be, they plan and the season, it's, might be one more this, season one. this one or. Yeah, the 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 Duffer Brothers have said that it will either be season four or season five at the end. Um, so, in either see, at the end of season four or the end of season five, I would like to. Um, I'd like to see them grown up. I'd like to see. Um, I, I'd like. I'd like to see what happens to the characters, and I think
0: I reuse, it's, it's, reuse in, it's really important to trace by.
1: Yeah, yeah, like like it's like a sort yeah. of present day thing, you know. Um, and I think I think b- one thing that pushes me to want this to happen is because of the journey that yeah. you've been on with these characters over the past three seasons, the way you've seen them grow, you know. It'd be a shame to not you see, I'm not see them that.
0: like I'm calm. grown up. I, I watched it obviously, but it's one of those things where I'm like, it's it's yeah, it's a love. It's matter. whether like, it'd it's, be it's good as soon as the season, as soon as it all ends I think I'll be happy I think I don't mess up the end, like I'm um, cool
1: Yeah
0: But again, we don't even know what yeah. we, like, if there's another season after this, like, we don't know how it could end, so
1: I mean I, I at the moment I have like, pretty much no idea as to um, as to where they could go now, because obviously the mind flayer has you know, yeah. been destroyed, but um, obviously now we uh, know yeah, that the, the Russians thing. have got demo uh,
0: There's so many, so many potential. The, is it right, and now like I'm thinking, like there's so many potential routes that can go. That I'm intrigued.
1: There is uh, that it's impossible yeah. to to know where that actually, you know, gonna gonna go with the show, and I think you know that again, it's just very very well done because. You, yeah. you do just have no idea what's going to anyway, happen next. Um,
0: I'm going to bring it on to uh, a certain episode in Season 2 that we didn't talk about. Um, but it's for me, it's easily the worst episode of <laughs> the show. It's kind of insulting. It, I kind of hope it's what it just did me. i got what it, they're trying to do, but it just it didn't work. Um, it's, uh, I want to yeah. say it's, it's, it's episode, Season 2, Episode, episode 5 of, or 6, know, I think. Mods. I'm having, a look now, I'm having a look now I think it's written down I can't, really, I can't find it so. um, <laughs> oh uh, chapter 7 the lost sister um, so yeah, Elle, yeah if I find out there's a lot more girls that's been tested on this lab and they have some powers and then L go and finds um, another, another girl who was at this lab um, completely it's not at all linked to the plot at all um, apart from else like looks different
1: <laughs> that's it um, no, i i think it, it kind of serves as um, a little bit of development because it's when al decides yeah. that she, she 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 really does want yeah. to it's a, be Hopper's door yeah i think that's the only important for me, thing like, from the
0: that, that I, really like about it, um, I like how it um i really like the idea of it, and it's, it's cool, like, expanding the world and expanding the character of Elle and, But for me, it felt way too much like they were trying to start a spin-off series, and that's my main issue of it all, and... Yeah, none of I the think, um... None of the characters they introduced, character. even El's some sister, wasn't interesting to me. And that was the only time where I think that's the only real misstep they've made.
1: Yeah, um, I think I think that's where um, I think that's the only instance where um, the Duffer Brothers have tried yeah. to do too much too soon, where it was like they've tried to expand it, and it's like okay, well these people are everywhere, you know, they're in yeah. a completely different city, and you know they're like using their powers to commit crimes. Well, it feels a bit misfit to me. Look, it's
0: and I done. think and. The thing that I'd like yeah, to know more about yeah. isn't that. It's more about how the lab started and why the way the lab and how they even opened, um, yeah, uh, the uh, the gate to the upside down. Like for me, the whole lab stuff, yeah, and,
1: um, yeah, and how they discovered, you know, that children had powers. You yeah. know that that's Especially the stuff that um,
0: I think. Michael Modine. Like, I, I want to know more about that yeah. character and that side of the.
1: The Stranger Things like universe. I think. I season. think. Yeah, I think that's that. That is something that um will hopefully be you know explored deeper in season four, season yeah. five if it gets there, um or may, maybe in like a you know a book or as like a spin-off see, miniseries I think something like that.
0: Success of it, whether it's know, a good thing or not, we'll find out. But I think because of the success of the show. And it'd be Netflix's first real milestone Um, I do think it will get a spin-off series or something
1: like that yeah I think there'll definitely be a um, a spin-off series somewhere down the line whether whether it's you know great or it's awful but um, either way I think that's a good maybe five years down the line from even being you know teased or um, you know, but
0: I think overall, Stranger Things. If you haven't, a lot of people have watched it already. Um, we have tried to stay a little bit away from spoilers. We've, we've we've spoiled a few things, but it's such a good show in its own stead. The characters, yeah. the world building it's 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 perfect. Whether Bill Hawkins over the three series as well, it's great. Um, everyone, should watch
1: it. yeah, it it is almost you know it is almost cinematic in its. Yeah. In its design, it is is—it is almost like, you know, e- even even the episodes, they aren't really shot like shows, I don't think. Yeah. They are almost I mean, shot it, like it, film.
0: It
1: is and you know. shot. Um,
0: everything that's in the Upside Down as well is so, I mean, it depends on age with the CG stuff, but um, I, I did really like the way it's shot.
1: yeah. Yeah, vi- visually, I think the show is fairly good. The and score really is great, without mentioning that. Like, I think in, great. oh, the score is the the score is brilliant. Um, I, I, you know what? I could probably sit there and just listen yeah. to the score while I was working. It's one of those scores that I'd go back and re-listen to. I, uh, I don't yeah, know if yeah, the scores on vinyl, that I would buy soon. on vinyl. I'll probably get them at some point soon that that's something i want to own on vinyl but um yeah i think i think vi- visually going back to the visuals i think in season 1 they tried to stay well, away from I love too the much whole
0: and the, visual. The light the it's bulbs. even the yeah. of the light bulbs. And yeah the upside down is great
1: yeah it's it's really it's really interesting um, cuz obviously we don't we don't even see the demogorgon well it's practical is it, in season 1 um until the last yeah it was it was practical and um the the stuff with the walls i think um looks a bit no. it doesn't look awful no but it's not like brilliant either obviously yeah it just yeah, started you know I, the I, budget I know wasn't it was just like it's such a well-written
0: show especially in the first it's so tightly written and it's very it's very linear, that it it, it it yeah works. it is. And I think it's almost perfect as a season for TV. Like yeah. If you if anyone's into TV writing or writing in general, I think the strange thing is, if it's a it's yeah thing, it's, it's not definitely one to watch. A fun TV show to watch as well, and it's great to see how every episode every episode has a purpose apart from the la- apart from season two, which I just mentioned. But the first season, especially About for me, is
1: yeah that filler to, to watch, especially for younger. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. Re- it is really. Yeah. It is really um, a fantastic show. It is so, um, really incredible. We're
0: to our last section, um, which is uh, what we've been watching this week.
1: It's actually a consistent. Know, it's it's been a been consistent section. It's been in every so, um, episode. It's not a new section. I think. Um, yeah, well, I, th- I, I think it's an I important think, section. I think
0: yeah, I mean it's great. Uh, we can talk about some more stuff to watch.
1: It gives you guys an insight into the sort um, of stuff so, uh, that we watch. What have you been watching this week? Um, I've actually been quite busy this week. I've watched more this week than I have yeah. in every any of the previous um episodes and stuff. I've watched one, two, three, four. I've watched five things this week. Um. So the first thing I watched, yeah. I watched
0: Once we'll, Upon a Time we'll, in Hollywood. We'll be discussing this in the next podcast, so we won't go too in-depth here. But...
1: In in yeah. length, in the next podcast. So review, ne- it's next it's episode is, is Once Upon a Time in now Hollywood. Spoilers. But um, yeah, I'm just going to keep it short. No spoilers. It is absolutely incredible. I'd heard a lot of mixed things going into this film. Um, but honestly, this film is absolutely brilliant. I, I yeah, think so it's one I. of Tarantino's best. It's definitely mm-hmm. up there. Um, I think it's great. You know, the um, the time period of you know the '60s in Hollywood. I think great. it's so interesting. Um, the production design is absolutely fantastic. It really put yeah. a smile on my face watching this film. Um, and when watching it as well, I couldn't yeah. notice anything that was out of place. It's not um, really mature. It was immaculate. Well um, the acting it felt really mature. Yeah, yeah, it is and um what one and um, the um, the chemistry between the practice. actors is fantastic especially leo and brad pitt as um dalton and booth their chemistry is brilliant um one one scene yeah. that i really enjoyed was the bruce lee scene
0: yeah with, got, we're got, talking I mean, about we'll go spoiler through. in, and, in um, the next one we'll go we'll go in
1: spoilers so watch it before and listen to that. yeah one. um yeah in short loved it um well, one that I did watch that um, was contender with my hidden gem yeah. for um, this week? I watched Stranger Than Fiction.
0: Yeah,
1: um, it yeah. stars Will I'm Ferrell about it. and I'm Emma Thompson. It, about it. Um, I I watched it the other day, and it's really interesting. It um it it's it's a really interesting concept. It basically follows this guy um, Harold Crick, yeah. who's played by Will Ferrell. And he begins he begins to hear the voice of a narrator and yeah. uh which is Emma Thompson. And she's uh, documenting every single thing that he does. And basically, um she discovers that um she's an author, she's writing a yeah. book, and she plans to kill him off. So um basically he does everything that he can to um Stop that happening, including falling in love with um, Maggie Gyllenhaal, yeah. and I is thought it was a really, really interesting concept.
0: Solids, um, one of my yeah. favourite Bond films, but yeah, yeah. He also, he's, done, he's done quite a few, like he did one, <laughs> I want, I want yeah. to say, what did he do We'll, we'll See? Yeah, he did one, yeah. And, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah he did. And I'll probably go check that out, it's, it's on my list anyway, so. Anything else? What else have you watching?
1: Yeah, yeah, it's on, Um, that's on Netflix. Um, last night, you may have seen this if you follow the Real Talk Instagram page. Yeah. Um, I re-watched The Royal Tenenbaums. Um, yeah. Obviously, Wes Anderson movie. Um, good cast. Um, Gene Hackman, Ben Stiller, Owen Wilson, Luke Wilson. Um, obviously, um, a lot of people have probably already seen this film if they're interested in film. Um, but it is... It's, well, written, it's beautifully shot, beautifully directed. Um, I think it's really good. Um, I re watched The Trader and Stranger yeah. Things, which we've gone into depth um, about. both so this on week, this episode, um, what about you? Jay?
0: Been, the first thing I watched was um, Dallas Buyers Club with Matthew McConaughey. Um, I, I saw a bit of it like a while ago, um, but I never sat through it all. And I did sit through it. Uh, it's it, it Mark, obviously, Matthew McConaughey is great in it, he plays this. He plays this guy. I mean, you can see why. Like, yeah. why he just, he's just—he's got like a lifestyle, of, like a, a more than—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, a—it's a, its a lifestyle of access, and obviously he, he catches a It's, it's based on a true story about one— one—Ron Ron, Ron and um, Jared Leto plays um a crossdresser in during this film, and it—he he, I think he plays him really well. Um, Matthew McConaughey drops so much weight for this. It's like climbs his here with his shirt off and it's like oh, yeah like, it's like, ridiculous oh, it's like, he dropped so much weight um he's great he definitely yeah I, I think he deserved his oscar for that and um deronato was great um, yeah yeah definitely. i really did like jennifer garner as well as the doctor in this um and if you haven't watched it, it obviously you got oscar buzz yeah. yeah i think a lot of people may have seen it by now but it's great <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, it's definitely well. It's also to watch. directed
0: by, by the same guy who did um, um, uh, this whilst, uh, Wild that came out a few years ago. But the other things I've been watching. Um, so I've got BFI Player, and at the moment it's uh, Japanese Cinema Season. Whoever has a subscription as well. So I started this week with Seven Seven Samurai by Kurosawa. I don't know what else I can say about the film that hasn't already been said. Um, it's so I it's. It's <laughs> yeah. it's just a masterpiece. It's a long, effort. it's about three and a half hours long, but doesn't feel long. Like I was watching it, and then after finish, like, damn, It's like three hours have gone. <laughs> um, but it's it's beautiful um, shot. The framing is obviously Kurosawa is so well known for his framing. It holds up now with an action film, which just surprised me. Um, and some great performances in there. Kikuchio the guy who plays him, is brilliant.
1: Um. I actually haven't seen Seven Samurai yet, but obviously I've heard nothing but brilliant things. But um, I, have, I, yeah, I did yeah. subscribe right, to right. BF5 I messaged,
0: messaged you about it, didn't I? <laughs> last
1: night. And the, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, you messaged me about yeah. it. And um, yeah, yeah, there are some yeah. absolutely amazing films on there yeah. um, that are hard to find in other places as well, especially in terms of streaming. So I'm definitely going to be busy watching... Uh, those not just um, that as well, but they've got some incredible films to um, yeah, yeah, they have to to rent, um, and 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 the pro- the prices aren't no, too uh, steep for rentals anyway, either, so. which this is, is not, good. Is not yeah, you get a discount a subscription sponsor sponsor. as well,
0: so it makes it. You want um, for BFI? Please if, do.
1: You know what? It, it would be brilliant but, if um... we were sponsored by VFI. <laughs>
0: Um, uh, yeah, would recommend. Is, but, um, another film I watched top. on there this week was Eyes of That Face, um, a horror film that came in the night. A French horror film that came in the nineteen sixties. It was very progressive for its time. It showed a lot of gore. It was very shocking at times. Um, there's a there's um the directs, It was directed um, by George Franju, and um, it stars um, Edith Scobb as a, a, a girl who's suffered in a a car accident and her face has been disfigured and she has to wear a mask and the, the surgeon, uh, her dad, tries to cut off girls' faces and then try and put them on his own daughter surgically. It's, <clears throat> the, the surgery scene is very iconic in the film um, and it, it is creepy at times. I don't think it wasn't my favourite film, to be fair, I'll be honest. Um, I think it's important to watch, especially if you're a cinephile and want to see you know, horror development as a as a genre itself, um, but I will say I do think Alfred Hitchcock's cycle is a little bit more significant and holds up a little bit better than this. Um, yeah, yeah um, um, I, I I'll do definitely want to have to give it a, a watch. I don't know if it was just I need to rewatch it again, or oh, I went—I went, I think I went into a little bit too much hype. Um, but it is—it some of the, it is shot incredibly well. Uh, some of the best scenes are in this surgery room in uh, the surgeon's house and it's it, there's a scene just before the surgery where she takes off a mask, and it's, it's so beautifully done, and it's creepy as well. You can see how it influenced a lot of other films. And um, Moving on to the last film that I saw this week, which I watched last night, uh, it's called A Band of Par, uh, also known as A Band of Outsiders in the UK release. It's a Jean-Luc Godard film, um, and it, it's, it's a bit of a parody over 1930s American pulp and crime films. Um, they've got some so many iconic scenes in there, so there's a dance sequence that happens halfway through that's just great, and it's so well shot, and it's just funny. Um, there's also, um, you've got the Louvre sequence where they try and break the record by running for the Louvre. It's just, it's so weird, and it's so just weird. There's, there's so many weird scenes in the film, and it's so yeah. funny at times. Um, I'd say it's John uh, Good Goddard's most accessible film for a general audience as well. Um, but... Um, it's uh, the, way to, the best way to describe it is it's 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 a weird crime thriller that's also a parody like quite funny at times and that's the best way to describe it. It's also got one of my favourite favourite actors <laughs> of, um, of like of all time in there, Paul um, Brasseur, uh, who plays Arthur in the film. He's he's also in Eyes Wide funny. He's a, he's an inspector in there. He's a, he's only a short role, but he's great. Yeah. In a lot of um, stuff he's done. And uh, I would recommend this film. That's um, a, that's it's also funny enough. it inspired, uh Quentin Tarantino's film company, A Band Apart. Uh, he just put the name together. So, um... oh, that's cool. but yeah, it's a Godard film, so it's beautifully <laughs> shot. Um, it's, it's, it's be- I mean, it's beautifully written as well. It's uh, only Godard. If, if anyone wants to get into French cinema, I'd start with him. <laughs> Um, and yeah, and that's definitely.
1: really it this week uh from me um, we've... yeah i think um we we've, uh, I mean, I we've hope covered a lot of stuff, stuff this week um, just back and we just we
0: we're getting there slowly and we're improving so uh...
1: yeah we we've been able to co- we've been able to cover a lot of ground this week um Especially with our talk about you know c- yeah. the state of cinema um, at the moment with our news section, and yeah. um, obviously um, our main topic. Of in the strange next few days, things,
0: we once you know. um, a Hollywood spoiler podcast coming Saturday. Great view, um, and uh, yeah. we've got Saturday uh, next coming weeks um, for episode ten. We're going to bring back uh, George and
1: Daniel for the sequel episode. And Daniel, yes. that is our most um, watched episode. <laughs> and that, um, but yeah, yeah I'm, so I'm really fun. excited um, for that. Next few we'll announce
0: the social, social. That'll media be another
1: well. long episode. Um, yeah, but yeah, um, yeah, we'll start getting. Um, yeah, I, I feel like we're quite active on Instagram. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll start using the Twitter a little bit more at Real Talk Tweet.
0: And uh yeah, if you uh, so want to go follow that episode. Um hope to check out uh, the films we recommended if you're feeling bored and uh and stranger um watch stranger um, things if, if, if you need, haven't. If you need something to just binge watch and just screw you up during these weird
1: times and
0: there's nothing better
1: Yeah. Definitely. Uh, so you. um thank you for listening. And, uh, um we'll hope you've
0: had fun. Time.